0: Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings
1: you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy, Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor. Get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into a special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the Super Bowl and Sales Edition. We wanted to do something cool for the Super Bowl. And and to be honest, it's been 32 years since my team has participated, 33 years since my team has participated in the Super Bowl. And I can't think of two better guys. I'm Brian Sexton, your host. I can't think of two better guys to have with me to talk Super Bowl and sales the host of the Surf and Sales podcast, Scott Lees, and the host of the QB Dad podcast, Casey Jaycox, and guys, man, thanks for joining me today on this on this special pod that we've got going this today.
0: I'm just right. glad you waited a couple weeks after Buffalo's loss to try to do this because I'm I'm only just now able to talk about sports.
1: I get a text from Lee. I won't reveal the entire context of the text, but yeah, it, we had to wait a couple weeks to do this. So Casey, I, I want to jump, I want to start with you. You you were a, a quarterback in college, played at Eastern Washington and Central, Central Washington. Central Washington. Forgive yep. me. I, listen, my fandom is just kicking in. I'm just like all over the place, man. I, it, but you've been you've been a quarterback. Moncarico. Yeah. Uncle Rico. Exactly. You're down 21 to three is the Bengals word of the chiefs. You're on the road. What did you see from a guy like Joe Burrow that that in that moment when you're down like that has to kick in for you to be able to lead your team on that kind of comeback? What did you see out of Burrow that, that made you think, man, these guys may have a chance?
2: Well, I don't know if this video, if this episode's gonna be a video or not, but there's a word behind me. Yeah, this, this says believe, and uh, man, I, I that's like my word of the 2022 because when you believe, what you do matters. Uh, I learned I learned that power that word from a guy named John Kaplan. When you believe what you do matters, anything's possible, and you and you give you get uh, additional confidence whether you're for whatever it may be, and, and you got to believe. And I think that's what great quarterbacks do um i think the kicker of is from the Bengals is a freaking animal i mean he's so laid back and lack you know but he's like all right i'm about to go kick this thing win the championship see you guys in a little bit just this quiet confidence but he believes and i think that team is they're young and uh burrow uh, he's just he's a rising star and um so many similarities i can think about that we can apply to business and leadership and, but I do, I got to take a quick audible. I got to give much love to Scotty Lee's for bringing me into the Calendly world. I I finally, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I might, I might try online banking and I might try dry cleaning. So I'm going to, I'm going to get his advice and, and leadership and guidance from that. But, uh, my world's changed, dude. This is what what have
1: I been doing? <laughs> well, what a, what a great way to bring Scott into the conversation, man. He he's Scott's kind of the sage among us, man. He he's the guy that just brings all of us dragging, kicking, and screaming into the 21st century. You know that's. Uh, but I, listen, I got to tell you, man, the beard is absolutely incredible. I mean, you you know, hats off. I I, I can't pull that off, man. But. Passed away too. He's yeah. he's the lead star. Oh, absolutely, man. Hey, Scott, I want to get your perspective. You know, because you talk a lot about the leadership and sales leadership and and how to function correctly in those in those high pressure moments. Kind of put your leadership hat on and take me through what maybe Zach Taylor was thinking down twenty one to three. You're you've got to keep your team. To Casey's point. You've got to keep your team composed. You've got to keep them believing that that we're not out of this thing. Take me to what that looks like from a leadership standpoint. When you're on the sidelines, you've got to make the decisions. You've got to keep everybody. What's that head coach thinking in the moment there as everybody around him is looking to what do we do now, along with the, the quarterback on the field, as Casey was talking about? I think there's,
0: <clears throat> I think there's two things. Number, the first one is you have to maintain your cool and composure as well. So if you start making panic decisions or, or your emotions spill out of control, too much anger, too much frustration, you start pointing fingers, blaming everybody around you, blaming things that are outside of your control. For example, the officials, maybe are outside of your control, uh, everybody follows suit, right? And so w- w- what I saw from him was somebody who was just kind of acting like the score was zero, zero. I, I didn't know <clears throat> from watching his demeanor, whether he was ahead, whether he was tied or whether he was really far behind, Um you know, and, and, and as a leader, you set the tone, right? Everybody knows the phrase shit rolls downhill. So as a leader, be the one that stops that stops the roll. And I think that he did it. He did a pretty good job of that. And And the second point that I'll make is, you know, too often when you're down, you kind of think, well, oh, I'm never going to score X number of points. Or, you know, I'm I'm only 20% to my quota with like, you know, a week left. I'm never going to get there. And, and you, you worry about kind of eating the whole elephant straight away. Well, one of the things that I think makes a lot of sense to do is just try to find one thing that we can do right, right now. One thing that we can do today to spark a little bit of momentum, one good sales call, one good first down, one good drive. And one of the things that happened that I think actually saved the game for Cincinnati is they went down and scored a touchdown with one minute left in the first half. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that um, over the last few days. It was all about the second half and the big comeback and shutting down the Chiefs on defense. But they snuck down there right before the half and got one touchdown. You go, you go into halftime down twenty-one to three. It's a different animal than being down twenty-one to ten. Yeah, right. And and I guarantee you there was conversations on that sideline like, let's just chip away, let's just chip away. You hang around, you give yourself a chance. And so th- those are the two things that that I really noticed.
1: Yeah, I love that, Scott. And and again, keep that, keep the torrent of bad things, you know, the Chiefs were going down every possession, man. They were just putting it in the end zone, putting it in the end zone, putting it in the end zone. Mahomes had incredible confidence in that game. And Cincinnati got a couple stops. And to your point about the touchdown, Casey, I want to get your perspective leading a huddle like that. Mm -hmm. When when you, when you're leading a huddle and you get that momentum, Mm -hmm. now you get the ball back and you're down 21 to 10. Your defense has got to stop. Are you look? What are you looking for in the eyes of your guys in that huddle, in that moment? Because it, it's it's evident that Burrow and Chase have had a magical year. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, but but Joe Burrow's got T Higgins, he's got Tyler Boyd, he's got, um, and they didn't have his regular tight end because C J Osama had a, a an MCL sprain and was out for that game, but he had his tight end. He had Drew Sample. He had Joe Mixon. His offensive line had been taking a lot of heat because they couldn't protect anybody in the Tennessee game. But when you're looking at your guys in the huddle, what are you looking for in that moment when you're down? You get the ball back. What are you looking for? I think I think I think
2: Scott hit a hit on uh, a good a good segue. To me, I mean, as a quarterback, I I like to have fun. Uh, as leader of business teams when I was in corporate, I like to have fun. I like to keep it light. You think about you know the the, the the I hate to bring up this is against I think this is against the Bengals, well, Brian. But like the uh, the, what, the eighty whatever it was when Montana drove the drive back and he told his lineman, "Hey guys, is that." Oh, you? I can
0: I can answer that one for you if you want. Yeah, go go for it, man. <laughs> That's nineteen eighty nine, I
2: believe. Yeah. He goes, yeah. Is that is that John Candy up there in the front row? I mean, just keeping it light and keeping it loose. When people remove when you remove fear from anything you're doing, when you when you as the leader can inspire belief when you can remove the fear when like just t- this is going to happen it's not i think we can do it or i hope we can do it so this you're going to run a great route you're going to pick up protection uh give me time boys i'm going to make a freaking laser throw and we're going to go score it's not a matter of you know that anxiety words it's just you will do it and i think when you can de- demand that inspire those people around you um and then what, what scott was saying a second ago i think the, the words we say matter i mean i don't know if you, you guys know the story about you'll. Know, if there's some Boston fans less than apologize, boys, girls, but old oh, Bill Billy Buckner. 19 days before Game Six, he got interviewed and he said, "They said, you know, hey, what's it? I'm paraphrasing. What's it like, Bill? How you how you doing? How you, what do you think about this World Series? It's like, you know, it's, this is the, this is the dream come true? Well, I'm here. I'm about to win the World Series. You know, transversely, the nightmare is you have a ball go between your legs and you lose the World Series. He said that 19 days before Game Six, spoke truth into existence. I'm not saying the guy's a prophet, right? But the, the work I do at Limitless Minds and we talk about staying neutral and the, the words we say matter science says when you say negative thoughts out loud it increases that like 40 to 70 percent more likely chance can going to happen so as a seller oh i can't call that vp they're, they're probably busy i uh, i'll probably document at the end of the week it's not that important i'll i'll, I'll, I'll get to that email later like all these negative self-talk we tell ourselves and get out of our routine weird it produces negative outcomes but i think scott hit it on the head like just finding little wins along the way uh you know Find something positive that you can get something around you and your team. I think when you do those things, um, sure, increase the chance of likely you're going to be successful.
1: Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car, whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year, let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it products for profit now this is a course taught by my good friend joe hart who's been a guest on the intentional encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life and you know what folks it could do the same thing for you too it's really simple reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money and joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done take this full-time as well go to coachjoe 89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement, and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to Coach Joe89 dot gumroad.com backslash l backslash premium pfp and tell him you heard about it on the intentional encourager podcast and now let's get back to more great conversation here on the intentional encourager podcast hey scott i gotta i want to jump back to you for just a second again i want to i want to pick your leadership brain because the right play calls in the right moment you know and and obviously you don't know when you send that play in that, that you know you're calling that play into your quarterback whether whether it's Brian Dayball calling at now at that time Brian Dayball who's now the head coach of the Giants calling that play into Josh Allen or Seattle's OC Daryl Bevel calling that play into Russell Wilson it could have been anybody it was Zach Taylor calling that play into Joe Burrow in that moment how when you've developed the right play call in your mind, the confidence that you send that into, what are you thinking as a leader in that moment when that play call's going in? How how much confidence does the the leader have to, to transmit in that play call in that situation? Or as you said a couple of minutes ago, does your thermostat stay the same? Does your thermometer stay the same in that moment? No matter how much pressure it is, if it's a third and 27 or if it's a first and 10, What are you transmitting in that play call as a leader? Well,
0: hopefully, I think it just comes out automatic and and you're not overthinking it or uh, burning too many mental cycles. I I hope that you've kind of prepared and and run through this mental script, if you will, a thousand times in your your mind, you know, whatever the situation is right before the half, two minute drill, you know, third and 17 and we need to, you know, convert this. Are we going for it on fourth down? If, if so on third down, let's get half of the yardage and make fourth down a little easier. So hopefully it just like kind of comes out, you know, and and I, I think what you don't want to portray is indecision, right? You want to be decisive. I want to send in the play call quick, straight away, not sit around and, you know, on, on the, on the internal microphones, walkie talkies whatever the hell they use be like, what about this one? I'm thinking this one or that one that's indecision to me. Right. So I think you just want to send it in and you want to send it in straight away. And and if, and if I was the QB and there was no hesitation from the person calling the play that inspires confidence. In me and then I just go execute and hopefully I best ex- executed this play you know a thousand times as well oh uh,
1: yeah kind of what, that's what I would be hoping no, would happen no Scott I love that because here's the thing in, in those moments and, and that's why I asked Casey the the, the, the the take me inside the huddle there because again when we're transmitting a play call whether it whether we're talking to our sales teams and saying okay guys this is these are the strategic initiatives we want to get done in Q2 and and we're in we're starting Q2 we're starting this drive this is what we want to get done this is why we feel like we can get it done we have confidence in you guys to do it that matters more than than stepping up and going you know what guys crap we had a bad first quarter and man i don't know what we're going to do here um you know we're trying to figure it out here anybody got any ideas anybody got a play they like you know and that, that That is terrible in that moment. Let's go now to what Sunday is going to be like. Man, this is the week where everything is leading up to, quote, the biggest game of your life. And, Casey, I want to bounce this to you, and then, Scott, I want to bounce it to you as well, too. But this week, when, when you have big games, and, and salespeople, when you have big moments, we've got some things coming up that we need to get, obviously, the biggest game of our lives how do we keep ourselves calm in that moment casey how do you keep yourself from having the distractions and scott i want you to take that that as well too i'm going to step back and let you guys handle that question but i want to talk about eliminating distractions before the big game and casey i want to get your thoughts and then scott again get your thoughts on that i think i think scott is
2: teeing me up perfectly man it's it is the one word the sales people don't like it's the one word they say i don't need to do that and it's called practice and you know so so many sellers wing it which means they practice on their clients and if we actually called our clients to say, hey brian it, you know wherever you're i'm so excited to call you and practice on you today this is gonna be awesome i'm not prepared i don't even know what your company does i'm gonna keep talking a bunch but i hope you buy all the products from me and give me your business all of it, exclusive my boss told me to ask for exclusive so i gotta get it so i think when if you are consciously competent about what you're doing not unconsciously comp or unconsciously incompetent, but truly you understand what you do, why you do it, how you do it, right. You understand the problems exist for your, the industry you serve. You understand the problems that exist for your customer. You understand how you solve those problems differently or better than your competition. You can, you can articulate proof very, very well and you practice it. And, and, and if there's two sellers, there's two mindsets. Some sellers will say, oh, I can't, I don't, I don't like role-playing. I don't like practicing because I don't sound like that in front of the client. I'm like BS, bro. BS stop that's negative self-talk. And when we can commit to it, to practicing the game is going to slow down. Everything's going to slow down. And, um, I know that was one thing I was proud of about my, my time, my end of my career is, you know, as a top guy in our company, I still practice. As I, before I speak now, I still practice and I, am tr- trying to make sure my kids see me practicing. So I'm not just saying, I'm not expecting them to go to the driving range. them go to the weight room, them to go to the free throw line to get extra reps. And I'm, I'm showing them I'm doing the same thing. So, yeah. um, you hit a hot button for me, man, because practice is like the, the uncool thing to do that when I've the elite sellers, I know they practice and their craft and they're finding ways to get better so that when the big game comes, they're so freaking prepared and ready to go. It's just another, another day of practice.
1: Yeah scott take it man i know you've got something to add to that
0: i think right now you have to be kind of willing to take some extreme measures because the amount of distractions is going to be different they've had distractions most of these guys their whole life you know most of them were playing some sport probably since the time they were a little kid all the way until now, and they've been in lots of big games, whether it was a high school rivalry or state championship or college bowl game or whatever. But the magnitude of the distractions now, and everybody kind of coming at you <clears throat> from every which way from Sunday. And you remember, I'm sure, Brian, the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, there was a massive distraction. I think the day or the night before the the game, and somebody got themselves in trouble and got suspended. And that distracted the whole team. So now I think what you have to do is you have to understand that your distraction can become a problem for 53 other people Mm -hmm. on that team. And so you have to look at it as going internal, keeping yourself focused and out of trouble is not just beneficial for you and your performance, but it's required for the rest of your team to perform at a high level. And so there's got to be some unselfishness. Uh, that, that comes along with it. So what can you do to lock in, throw your phone away for a few days, turn off your notifications for most of these guys shut down Twitter for the, for the week, right? Don't read what anybody's saying. Don't say anything stupid yourself. Don't go out and try to blow off steam. God knows who's out there that can pull you into trouble. Even if you don't go looking for it. Right. Yeah. And just focus. On the little tiny things like Casey's talking about practice, you know, or relaxing, taking care of your body, get healthy. Right. And, you know, I'm sure it's difficult. These guys got a lot of different interests. They got a lot of money. Um, but, you know, you, when when it matters the most, you've got to be willing to do something that you've never been willing to do before. And, and now now is that time for these guys, I think.
1: Yeah. And Scott, let, let me let's go there for just a second. I want to I want to come back to you on that because you hit on a great point. It was a guy named Stanley Wilson. He was a running back for the Bengals. He got caught the night before in Miami. Um, I, I forget if it was a prostitute he got he got messed up with, but but he Rose. got arrested the night before the Super Bowl, and it was a massive yeah. distraction because. The 49ers had been – and, Scott, you grew up in the Bay Area, so you yeah. know that that team really well. And, and you were a Division One soccer player, so you know the, the high-level athlete very well yourself. The Niners had been there. The Niners had dealt with all that. The Bengals hadn't been there in eight years, and a lot of their guys had cycled out, the guys that were there in, in 81 when, yeah. w- when they went weren't there in 88 they just had they had about half of their roster that they replaced and so yeah you're talking you're you're absolutely right about distraction but i want to go there from the salesperson standpoint eliminating distractions and i want to bounce that back to you in case you jump in on on that when scott's done about how we eliminate distractions and before a big call or a big sales meeting where we're on stage we've got to perform but we but the distractions are going to come. Talk about eliminating those distractions before a big moment. Well, there's the
0: obvious ones like turn your notifications off, right? <clears throat> uh, I think none of us are probably fully immune to that. I mean, if, if anybody's like me, I get notifications from like twenty five different places, and sometimes I'm like, shit, forgot to turn that one off. But if you know, if I have a super important call coming up. I I'm going to take some time beforehand and kind of walk through my checklist and I'll even have written it out, like close all these things, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times I watch salespeople deliver demos and they have 9,000 tabs open in Google. That's a (laughs) distraction, whether you realize it or not. And if you don't think it's a distraction for you, guess who it's a distraction to me Mm -hmm. as the recipient. Because when you're trying to navigate, you know, your product or you're switching between screens or whatever, I'm literally reading every single one of those tabs, not paying attention to what you're doing or our conversation whatsoever. Right. Well, you know, and then find yourself in a place that's going to be right for you in terms of the environment. Some people like a quieter environment, private environment. Some people like an environment that has energy around them and movement, but you kind of set the, set the environment in such a way that it's conducive to, to your focus and eliminating as many of those distractions as humanly possible. I think, right. Those are some pretty easy ones. Maybe the tab one is a little bit like too specific for people, but I'm telling you, no, that's somebody on the other the end, one. as somebody really? on the other end, it distracts me. Same thing when you toggle over your screens and people leave their Gmail up. And I'm like, oh, my God, Brian has 652 unread emails. And I instantly judge you. And I think to myself, this guy can't keep up. This guy can't prioritize. Good Lord, 652 emails gives me so much anxiety. I'm distracted. I lose focus.
1: Hey everybody brian sexton I want to take a moment and tell you about my friend harry spate and his new book selling with dignity harry has taken an age-old concept of sales and he's put a new twist to it and i love the direction that he's taken with selling with dignity and here's what's encouraging about harry's book instead of viewing people as numbers and machines sales are now given the tools and the encouragement to be dignified in their approach here's what harry says he says selling is an honorable profession when it's done right when sellers feel." they're valuable and have integrity and respect this opens the door for better conversations and eventually relationship this book puts an end to sleazy sales tactics and proves why selling with dignity can be done and it leads to massive success and i couldn't agree more go to selling get your copy today and if you want harry to sign it he'll do that for you again go to selling and pick up your copy today of the new book by harry spate selling with dignity and now let's get back to more great conversation here on the intentional and encourage your podcast Scott let me jump in there before I get to Casey what what you just said there is is brilliant because we were talking about that before about the coach sending in two plays like man I'm thinking about this play but maybe we ought to go with this play and in that moment the focus is not there if if you and i know nfl coaches do that they'll send in two plays because it, especially if they're in a hurry up or a 2 minute they'll send in a couple plays like hey um you've got two plays to call here which one do you like and if you and if you got if you like one then let's go to this one or you can flip them but not sending in five plays at one time right i mean that that is total distraction in the midst of the moment Man, that, that was really good and insightful, what you said there, because, again, it gl- it gives a window into what is maybe going on in the mind of that salesperson, because if they've got 10 tabs open, what you can see, how many mental tabs do they have open that you can't see? Mm-hmm. And so, Casey, I forgive me for for jumping in there, but I want to go to you on that. Piggyback off of that, what Scott mm-hmm. just said, because... I think Scott gave us some real gold there to, to, to type into. Yeah. I was waiting for the mic drop. I didn't, I didn't hear it. Just bang across <laughs> the table. He did a mental uh, mic drop, man. I, I did one. Cause that was, that was great. Scott. It is. It, it, there's a couple
2: of things that, and, um, I, I think I hate to pick on, we'll call, I hate to say about dating, but younger sellers, you know, we want to look cool. We got the fancy new iPhone, the, the watch, but when you're in a meeting and the thing buzzes and you're like, oh you just sent a mental note that you got, you got to go somewhere. Um, and I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I I see unfortunate people not being taught that level of common sense, which we need to teach that level of common sense. Cause our customer, our prospect deserves better. I think that's an awesome point. Scott made on the freaking tabs. When we're, we're getting presented to we're we're it's like a, you know, we're, we're, we're falling the bouncing ball. And I think Scott, put, I think you put something out on Twitter, maybe a couple of weeks ago that I thought was just absolute gold. And the timing of it was perfect for me because I was presenting that data like 300 people, my one of my first live events. And I think, uh, paraphrasing, you said something like um, stories matter, not the words in the slide or something like that. And so often when we are getting presented to, you, you're you're li- the intentional encourager, you're like, you're looking at the words, but if you can be prepared, like we talked about a second ago, you spend time to, okay, it's a big call. I got practice. I've got my stories. What's going on? Okay. Be audible ready like a quarterback. Check the line scrimmage. Think about like if something comes, Um, what questions am I ready to ask, pivot the conversation a different way and you're prepared. Um, I think that you just increase your chance to be successful. Um, and I think, you know, you know, Scott hit it on the head. I think, you know, all all those things that a customer is going to judge us, the picture you have on LinkedIn, um, what are, what you're doing on other social media channels, they're watching these things, they're seeing these things. So. If you can again about eliminating distractions eliminate things that are going to distract the client to judge you because we're going to get judged regardless so make sure you're doing everything you can to 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 separate yourself from just you know the good the great and the elite and 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 ask yourself what do you what's important to you what do you want to where do you want to go And if you want to do jv type things then don't be surprised you're on the
1: jv well and casey you you just you you hit it there because again i've talked about from from the bengal fans perspective but there's the there's the opponent that they have to face in the LA Rams. The LA Rams have to prepare for the Bengals just as much as the Bengals have to prepare for them and and I think we forget a lot of times in, in the selling situation is that our buyers have to prepare for us like we have to prepare for them. It's not just a oh, I've got to prepare this presentation because I got to make sure that I'm locked in and things like that what is our buyer doing? And Casey, I love that. What's our buyer doing to prepare for us? Mm-hmm. You know, are they are they studying us on social media? Are they looking at our company a little bit different? How are they breaking down game film? And I'll put that in air quotes. How are they breaking down film of us? And, and I don't think that we look at that the same way as, as we pour into our preparation. Scott, I want to bounce that to you real quick. As, as somebody that you're not only training, coaching, leading sales orgs and things like that, but you're getting pitched yourself and and people are coming to you to sell you things like that. Take me through some of the mental reps as you're getting prepared to buy. If you're looking at product or you're looking at a service for for one of your sales orgs, how are you game planning that week to be a buyer instead of a seller?
0: I love this question. And uh, my answer is, I have a particular set of discovery questions that I'm going to ask the same way I would if I was a seller. So I need to learn this list of things, how much it costs, what's the implementation, what's what's my benefit, why does somebody choose to work with you and not one of your competitors? Why does somebody choose to work with your competitor and not you? These are questions that I'm going to ask and try to suss out. And there's maybe a dozen or so, you know, fields for lack of a better word that I'm trying to learn. And I have a process for doing this the same way I do for selling. And I don't deviate from that process. This is the process that works for me. I don't move on and advance and get distracted and start talking about something else until I get my information and my answers on these particular things. And I follow that every single time to a T. And then I have the information that I need and I'm armed with in order to make an educated decision, whether I'm buying that product myself, whether I'm uh, recommending this particular product to a list of my clients over a different one, whether I'm considering joining their affiliate program or not, whether I want them to be a sponsor of one of my events that I'm doing versus somebody else, right? Um, So it's, it's that criteria. And I don't know a better way to phrase it, then I, as a buyer, am also doing
1: discovery. I love that you, you, and you've got to do, and, and I heard Zach Taylor talking about it early in the year. And again, I, I, I follow, obviously I follow the Bengals, but they were talking about self scouting in a buy week. They were talking about, we're going to take these two weeks and yeah we're going to get ready for our next opponent but the first week of our bye week we're going to take that last half of the week and we're going to scout ourselves casey why is self-scouting your own buying process to scott's point and i love the way scott took us into that why is self-scouting yourself your team your process your organization why is that so important uh he, God, you got take me uncle rico i gotta go back to the college film room days this is awesome
2: <laughs> uh because the film never lies one coach i didn't do that oh, I, didn't, I never said that for my client oh, i i did document no you didn't the film never lies boys and girls and uh one of my favorite quotes that one of my mentors taught me he said it's okay not to know every answer it's just not okay not to do anything about it and so once we have the vulnerability and humility to say shoot i don't know man. Hey, Brian. Hey, Scott, can you help me out with that? Tell me how I might've said that differently. Tell me two things that you, you like what I'm doing and maybe two things I could do to improve. Describe me and use open-ended questions to make your coach or yourself th- truly think about what your gaps are because none of us are perfect. perfect. I mean, three of us have gaps. I know I do. And I either can pretend I don't, or I can say, shoot, here's an area that I want to get better. And maybe I'm not going to be as good as something for a long time. Maybe I get off the tracks a little bit, but okay, but then I I get back to center, get back to neutral, and think about okay, here's an area of my game I want to get better at, and you know I think as a as a seller, if you're self scouting yourself and you find, are you asking three questions inside of one question to your client and confusing them? Are you uh, talking for four minutes straight and you almost like lost your breath and you didn't, and the person's like staring right through you because they have no idea what the hell just happened to them? They're blacked out. Like self-scout yourself on that way. Like, and Scott said one of my favorite words because I think deals are one or always won or lost in discovery. And we can change your mindset to feel like whether, whether whoever's to blame, but I always try to blame myself. That deal, we lost that deal because I didn't ask the right questions. I could have asked a more pain-based question to uncover my value versus telling someone how value I am. And just, you know, if you can, if you do that every day, every week and don't let like one bad call lead to one bad, half of a day to one bad day to the next two days in a row, all of a sudden you got freaking two weeks of, of just a shit show. And then you got a bad quarter and then your boss is putting you on a pit and you're like, what the hell just happened? You know, and then I'll full loop it back to what Scott said i the beginning. that. I think it's just great advice for all of us. Find little wins along the way as yourself, scouting yourself, find something small that you're chipping away at. That's going to give you confidence to say, okay, boom, I had four bad calls, but yeah, I just had a great call. And that person didn't make, didn't make me feel like a freaking turd in a punch bowl. And I felt good about myself and I'm gonna get back on the phone and Let's go. Call, play in the huddle, and get after it. So, you know, I love, I love this, love analogies between sports and and business, and it's a fun conversation to have. So, hope that gives some insight.
1: Well, in last year, the the Ravens defensive coordinator, Cincinnati kicked a field goal. The Ravens were beating them 27 to nothing, and they got within field goal range. They kicked a field goal because they didn't want to get shut out. You know, nobody wants to get shut out. So even if you can. Even if you're getting your tail kicked, if you can put something on the board, I love that case. You putting something on the board to to just say, "Hey, man, we didn't get shut out. We put something up there." You know that that, and maybe that field goal that you scored late in the game when you're getting your tail kicked propels you to next next week, or in in this case, there is no next week. It's next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, guys, I would be remiss in the time we had didn't have left, and man, I appreciate so much. This has been incredible conversation. Scott, give me a prediction for the game, man. And Casey, the same thing. And I'll have my prediction as well. But uh, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you predict the Rams, if both of you predict the Rams. But uh, uh, tell me your thoughts about the Super Bowl. But give me a prediction, some thoughts about the game.
0: Well, one thing that Casey and I probably have in common is that we hate Los Angeles. So <laughs> I absolutely refuse to bet on Los Angeles in any sport for any reason. That that's the NorCal uh guy I me mean, coming out right there. But I, I'm I, I am not gonna bet against Joe Burrow right now. I'm just not already won a championship in college. <clears throat> you know, his rookie year he didn't play very much because he got hurt. You could argue this is his really like true kind of rookie year, right? If he wins this, he'll have won a championship two out of the last three years he played football. So this is this is actually not disrespectful to the rams who i think and i have thought would make the super bowl from the nfc from the start and then they added a couple really expensive pieces to to help them out but i i think it's going to be high scoring uh, i'm going to go 41 38 and i i want the camera to to just move over to evan mcpherson that's his name, right? The kicker Evan yeah. McPherson. Yeah. yeah, I just want the camera to pan over to him while he's warming up, while Burrow's driving down there, and and him to say something like, "Congratulations, Cincinnati! You're a Super Bowl champ." Before he's even gone out on the field, that's what I think is <laughs> going to happen.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, Casey, what do you got? What's your predict? So forty-one thirty-eight, Cincy from from Scott Lees. What do you got, Casey? I think Seahawks twenty-seven. Uh,
2: oh wait, shoot, they're not in the game. <laughs>
1: I love it, man. My bad. Be true, um, to, your, be
2: true to your team, man. That's right. I, uh, so my only love I have for the Rams, I'm not a Rams fan, but I do, I do have love for Cooper Cup. Um, a little, little tie-in, my college football coach, Bo Baldwin, who is now the head coach at Cal Poly, was my coach and also Cooper's coach at Eastern. Uh, I got to know Cooper's dad, Craig Cup. I had him on my podcast. It was a really cool episode. Um, and the family is amazing. So it's, it's tough for me not to I, – I want Cooper to win the Super Bowl but I don't want the Rams win the Super Bowl. So maybe like you can do like a last minute trade. Maybe Bengals can pick them up today. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game too. Um, I, 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 I hate to do this, Brian. I, I love you brother, but I'm gonna go Rams 31 Bengals 24. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm using my, my hope for my brain. My heart is I want the Bengals win, but I, I don't think they're gonna get it done. I hope I'm wrong.
1: You know the Bengals have given up. They 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 gave up 16 to the Raiders, 16 to the Titans. They held Kansas City to 24. I think their defense is going to hold LA in that range because that the in the in the playoffs, as you guys both know, defense wins it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to re- do a repeat of last week, 27-24 Bengals. And I Scott, I like where your head's at. I think mm-hmm. McPherson. <laughs> I think Evan. Hey, he he won. He beat the Titans with a long one. He beats the beats the the Chiefs with one a little shorter. I think if I I think if they get to about the forty four forty five yard line, I can see them trotting him out with two seconds left and him kicking a a banger bomb because they're a bomb from inside because they're indoors, and so sixty five yarder. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Justin Tucker range. But guys, this has been great. Scott Lease, the co-host of the, sale, the Surf and Sales podcast with our good buddy, Richard Harris. And in Casey Jacobs, the host of the QB Dad podcast. Guys, I can't thank you enough for joining me on this special edition of the Intentional Courage podcast.
0: You're welcome, man. And good luck to your Bengals. That's right.